You're listening to Called to Homeschool, episode number 205, Parenting from the Scriptures. Are you feeling the call to homeschool and you're not sure what to do? Or maybe you are already homeschooling and it doesn't look like what you hoped it would. My name is Megan Thomas and I'm a certified life coach, a mother of seven, and a homeschool pro with more than a decade of experience. I can show anyone how to create success in their homeschool, and I'd love to show you how. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode. I have to start off with apologizing for my voice. I um, I got a little cold. So um, whenever I get sick, it goes right into my lungs. And I, this is probably too much information, but I'm like, I already struggle with mucousiness, is that, if that's a word. And so that's where it is. It's in my lungs and my nose and all those types of things. So I will do my best to not sneeze and cough while I'm on here. Um, but yeah, just letting you know, still showing up. I am also down right now. I am in St. George, Utah, where there is currently no snow. So my heart is happy. Uh, but I am down here working on wrapping up my book I've been working on of 30 days to ease into homeschooling. So I'm hoping to have this done by the end of May. Um, what well, has to be done by the end of May. So I'm really excited. Make sure to be watching for that because this is going to be your step-by-step guide to really creating a really great homeschool. And what I love about this, because even if you've already been homeschooling for a while and maybe it's feeling a little bit off to go back and make sure that you have in these fundamentals of really having this solid homeschool so that you're not trying to build a homeschool on a really shaky foundation. So that's what I'm down here doing. Um, some other work stuff as well and just having a good time down here, hopefully getting better. All right. Well, let's dive in today. We're going to be talking about the scriptures and parenting tips that I find throughout the scriptures. And my scripture study, I don't know about you, but for me, my scripture study definitely has some ebbs and flows. And you know, it was interesting during COVID because like we had nowhere to be and um, I just got in way more studying time. My scripture studying was awesome. It was so deep and intense and I was just going down all these rabbit holes and it was really amazing. And then I went through a phase where I was just listening to scriptures and like just making sure I was still listening, but like my heart definitely wasn't in it, but I could kind of check it off of like, okay, great. I listened to my scriptures and now I'm back again to reading and like, it's so funny that I do this with these ebbs and flows, right? But that's part of the floors and ceilings is at least doing something to keep the habit going. Um, but as I've been reading them again, of just the gems that are popping out to me that have never popped out to me before. And I know it's like, whatever is on your mind is kind of what you will see with the scriptures. And it's funny because I don't, um, I don't reread books and I don't, like, I don't love to rewatch movies or rewatch a lot of things. And so rereading the scriptures is tr- tricky for me because it's not something I do in any other part of my life. And, um, but it's interesting as I'm growing in different phases I'm in, different ages of my children, how different things are st- uh, popping out to me. And so, especially with, um, like parenting stuff is always on my mind and how can I help clients and how do I help my own children and how do I like create a successful home in my own house and teach other people to do it. Right. So I'm always studying and looking for those things. So that is what's been popping out for me with uh, the scriptures. And so I, I found this scripture the other day, I was just reading and 
I don't know if you've ever had this moment where you're reading and a verse or a section just completely puts you in a stupor where it's like, I just need to process this because it feels so profound. Um, I had this with, I think it was in Luke and I always say it wrong. Was it 137? Like with God, nothing is impossible. And I remember like that just completely overwhelmed me in a beautiful way of overwhelming of like, I just need to process this because it was almost as if the spirit was like, for reals, Meg, nothing. Like, do you hear me? Nothing. And like, as you study stories and, and Peter walking on the water and Moses and all the things he did and different people throughout the scriptures and the amazing things they did, like everything was going through my mind. And then within my own life, it was like, Meg, for reals, nothing is impossible. So it was really like, I just love when scriptures do that. And this is what this did with me the other day with parenting. And it's interesting because if you were reading this, I don't know if you would think parenting. And so I'm going to go be going through some of these verses and just kind of talk about it, what it meant to me and what, um, how I interpreted it. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So ultimately when I think of parenting, like I, I have read so many parenting books, right? Like big fan of parenting books, all those types of things. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to parent like my heavenly parents. I would love to have a home, like a, such a Christ-centered home and teach like Christ teaches and have that be what is my ultimate way of trying to parent. So the scriptures are actually my favorite parenting book because I love thinking, how does God teach us? How does, how did the savior teach when he was out teaching with people, right? What did he do first? Always he loved, he loved people, right? Um, what does God do when we make a mistake? Does he cast us to hell? Does he say, just repent and I forgive you? And like, let's try again. Because to sin literally means you miss the mark, right? So if I have a bow and arrow and I'm aiming for a target, I miss, that's a sin. I just missed. And when we repent and go back to God, he gives us another arrow and says, try again, right? So like, to me, that is my ultimate goal with parenting. Is it a lofty goal? I don't know, but it is my aim of what I am trying to create in my home. I am human. I have to repent all the time, right? And so I just love when the scriptures even give me a little bit more insight of like, yes, this is what I'm trying to create in my home. Okay, so this is an Alma 42. So it says, now, how could a man repent except he should sin. How could he sin if there was no law? Okay, so when I heard the word law, I was thinking about that. And how do we apply this in our home? And to me, the word, you could simply change the word out for boundaries, for our family rules, for what is acceptable in our home and what is not. So you, if there are no boundaries, if there are no rules, then your child would never do anything wrong. So it's interesting to think about this because I know sometimes with like gentle parenting and patient parenting and connect parenting that sometimes we think like, okay, I just have to be loving and I just need to accept everything and I need, just need to do all these things. And we forget about this part of the law, of the boundaries, of like our savior teaching us, like there has to be a law, right? And I know different religions will have different rules. And, and so rules could be another word, I think that you could interchange with law. Um, I went to Google some searches of different religions, but I'd actually love to hear anybody's insight because obviously I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I think a lot of Christian sects believe in the Ten Commandments, right? And um, follow some of those things would be a law and a rule. But then certain religions have different laws and rules within the religion, right? 
And I don't know if it's just kosher um, Jewish people who don't do pork or something like that, right? Um, for people who, in my same faith, like we have the word of wisdom. And so we don't drink coffee or alcohol or those types of things. So those are just different boundaries we have. So I'm sure within all the different like Muslim and Jewish and Christian and then different sects of Christianity. And I know even different sects of Jewish Judaism is probably the right way to say that of like, there are different rules and laws within there. So your home also might have different rules and laws than somebody else's home, right? So then it goes on to say, and this is starting in verse 17, how could there be a law save there was a punishment? Now, this is what's interesting because for me, I went in, um, I think I went somewhere else where I looked up punishment. Yes, where I did. And as I was looking at it, the, the thought that came to me is also there is a consequence. So I think sometimes, at least my mind went here, when I first thought of punishment, it's like um, torture, beating somebody up, like a torture chamber type place, like punish somebody, right? But I think a word that's maybe more gentler <laughs> that I would like to have in my home is the word consequence. So if we take this verse again, um, a child can't make a mistake if there are no rules and boundaries. And how could there be a rule and boundaries save there were consequences? So think about this with um, speeding, right? There are laws and rules and boundaries about speeding. Now, if you never got pulled over, if you never got in trouble, then why in the world would you obey the speed limit, right? And you could argue like, well, if I'm in a residential zone, like I would, whatever. But like, let's say the freeway that maybe you're like, well, what would be the point of obeying this if I never get in trouble? So if I never get a consequence to my choices, then why in the world would I care? And this is interesting because I know, oh, I don't want to get political, but like, here I go. With just different things going on throughout the world. And in California right now, I don't know the exact dollar amount, but I want to say that they are allowing people to steal from a store and the stores are not allowed to stop them. Now, I don't have the specifics of this and you could go and Google it yourself, but basically I believe it's around a thousand dollars that you can just take and the people just have to watch them rob their store and there are no consequences to the people stealing. So why in the world would they not steal if there were no consequences, right? So then it goes on. Now there was a punishment affixed or there are consequences to our choices and a just law given. And I'm going to stop right there with the word just, because this is a part that can get a little bit tricky. When we look at the Ten Commandments, they are very just. There is a lot of reasoning behind them. Um, it's not just like, well, don't cheat on your spouse. Uh, don't commit adultery, right? Uh, don't kill. Like all of these things have a reason why they are very just they have they make a lot of sense they're not just made up arbitrarily like uh i don't know like on tuesdays we wear pink <laughs> like they're not just silly made up rules because then i will feel better because i'm controlling you so the word just is something i like a lot because within your home you may say meg i do have boundaries and i do have laws but i want you to look at them and say are these about so if you look at just like i'm going to use the 10 commandments so if you look at the Ten Commandments and it's like, don't kill. Well, if I do kill somebody, like, first of all, obviously I've never killed anybody, but I would imagine the guilt that I would have if I did. 
And if I do, do kill somebody, it affects that person and all the people that love that person, right? And so there's a huge cascade of effects if I go and do that. So it makes reason why I should not kill somebody. If I steal from somebody, it affects them, right? Like, let's say I go in and there's a baker who has a bunch of bread and I go and I steal from him. Well, now his family can't provide for themselves because they were going to sell that bread to make money. Um, somebody else didn't get to eat. So it starts affecting other people in a way that negatively affects them. And so there are consequences to those choices because it isn't just about controlling the person, but like, hey, this isn't good for us. It's not great um, to be in a place where you're just afraid of all your stuff because people are going to take it and, and all those types of things. So when you are thinking of the laws and the boundaries in your home, do they make sense? Are they about control or is it about protecting them? And even that you could start justifying like, well, I'm going to protect you so you can never do X, Y, Z. So this is where like as the coach part of me, I would love to say looking at this of um, what is it I'm trying to create here? Am I trying to control them? Um, can I work with my child? Can I build this connection with my child? So some of the laws we're just going to have like my husband and I are going to just be like, this is what is okay in our home and this isn't what's okay in our home. And then we're going to have different things that we're going to work together with our kids. Like, are we going to do smartphones? And we've actually taken away smartphones. We don't do smartphones anymore um, for the kids under that aren't adults anymore. And so like that has become a new law and a boundary in our home is we don't do smartphones. But that was something we worked together with our children. Um, I'm trying to think of something that, I can't think of something off the top of my head. Sorry, I should have written something now. But that like just my husband and I might be like, this is a reason why we have this law. This is why we're doing these things. Now, I don't have things on there as far as like clothing and hair. So I don't have anything that is. So if my sons have long hair, I couldn't care less um, what my children are wearing. I actually would like to be more curious of why they're wearing that. What are they trying to represent with that instead of trying to control them? Like, well, if you go out in a really skimpy outfit that. It could be unsafe, but I don't want that to be a law or boundary in my home. I would rather be getting curious of what's going on for them and those those types of things. So looking at is are the rules and boundaries in your home just or are they about control so that you feel like you would feel better, right? Okay, let's continue. Now, if, if there was no law given or if there is no boundary and a man murdered, and if, if a man murdered, he should die. Would he be afraid if he would die if he should murder? And also, if there was no law given against sin, men would not be afraid to sin. So if there are no consequences to your choices, then what would be the point of obeying the laws and the rules of your household? And like some of these, like not all laws you go to jail for, right? Um, and aren't super intense. Maybe it's a fine or something like that. So if you thought about this with like a simple one, that we have a law, but a guideline, a boundary in our home that before you go and hang out with friends, before you do extracurricular activities, before you go do stuff like that, your school needs to be done. So this is not like some big harsh, like um, pound your fist, like you've got to do what we say, right? But a law like, hey, we do this, and then we get these privileges, right? But the consequences there, uh, or the justice would be that they don't get to go with friends. They don't get to go and do uh, extracurricular activities. They don't get to do those things until they have done part of the law, until they have followed and obeyed the boundaries of our home, then you have those privileges to go do those things. Goes on to say, but if there there is a law given, 
and a punishment affixed. So if there is a boundary and a rule given and a consequence tied to it and a repentance granted. Now, this is the part that I know sometimes we can get stuck on is that like I, my child says, let's see, let's make up an example. Let's say your kid got on a computer when you said, don't get on a cube computer. They were watching YouTube clips. They were doing things that like, not even like pornography or anything like that, but they were just like, they did something that was dishonest because they're not supposed to be on it. And they went and did it. And so there are consequences to their choices and having very clear consequences, right? And I know I can speak this for the, the LDS faith. Uh, there are some consequences if we break the word of wisdom, then you don't get to go into the temple because that is part of the rules of going into the temple is obeying the word of wisdom, right? So I, I would love other people's religions to let me know with some of your rules and all those types of things. So if there's no consequence, right? Like what's the point of the law? But so here's the deal. So your kid goes, hops on a computer, goes and does YouTube, looks at things like just even if they're messing around, just watching funny videos on there. And then sometimes we're like, oh my goodness. So maybe the consequence is you lose the computer or something like that. Like the password gets changed. Like we're just not even allowed to get on computers, whatever the consequence you feel like is um, right. I like natural consequences, right? Not just like, I think punishment would be the right word. If it's like, I want you to hurt because now I feel frustrated. And then to me, that is punishing. And usually that's because I'm mad and frustrated. And so I want to be mean and mad and frustrated at you because I think it will make me feel better. So watching that it's a natural consequences and not just a punishment, but then it goes in and talks about repentance and a repentance granted, which repentance mercy claimeth. So when you think about this and you sin and you miss the mark and I go to my savior and I'm saying my prayers and I'm like, wow, I was a hot mess today. I was irritable. I was grumpy. Um, my kid asked for help to tie their shoes. And I was like, holy crap, can you not just tie your own shoe? Or I got after a kid because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I, I showed up in a way that I didn't want to. And I come to my savior in prayer and I'm like, wow. I, I was not on my A game today. I did not show up in a way that I know I'm capable of showing up in. And, and this is my plan. And this is what I'm going to be doing going forward. And I'm so sorry. When I do that, my savior forgives me. And so as I repent, I am given mercy, so much mercy. Now think about this when your child is like, I'm so sorry. And do you then offer mercy or do you demand justice? And it's so interesting because when it's us and I make a mistake, so let's say like um, I make the meals at our house and uh, my husband comes home and I didn't make it, I want mercy. Like Meg, not a big problem at all, like no big deal, not an issue. But then let's say I asked my husband to stop at the store for something and he forgets it. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I asked you to do that. I told you I needed this and I demand justice. So looking at this, when our child does make a mistake and they are going to, because they are humans, is like, am I trying to punish or in a way that like, I want to hurt them. I want to lecture them. And that's all about me. Or do I want to say, oh, okay. You made a, a mistake and I love you, but there are consequences to our choices. And here it is. And then when our child is um, has that change of heart and, and it's interesting because 
you can say, I can tell this isn't real or whatnot, but ultimately it's up to them as if uh, like when we are to our savior, we're like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then we totally do it again the next day. So would you think that you're a liar or you're a terrible person or that you're a human who keeps trying and keeps making mistakes? And do you want that mercy um, as much as your children want that mercy? So when your children do something wrong and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Are we then offering the mercy our savior offers us and says, okay, what does he tell the woman in cotton adultery? Go and sin no more. So our children, we have this law, they did it. There's a consequence to it. And they're like, wow, I'm so sorry. Or I, like even embarrassed, I got caught or whatever. And it's like, okay, go, go and don't do it anymore. And I'm going to love you along the way. And if for some reason you do mess up and you do it again, I'm going to forgive you again. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Mercy claimeth otherwise. So justice claimeth the creature and executeth the law. And the law inflicteth the punishment. If not so, the works of justice would be destroyed and God would cease to be God. So then to me, like that justice part is, I think you could talk about it where the justice part is like the natural consequence, right? Of just like, okay, you didn't do your school, the natural consequence of me, um, Where's the word of the, of the justice is like, okay, you don't get to go to your extracurricular activity. The mercy part comes in, I believe, of saying like, but I still love you. There's still nothing wrong with you. I personally don't think that the mercy is, okay, like go ahead and, and um, I'm, there are no consequences to your choices and you can do whatever you want. And I'm just going to instantly forgive you. Like, I am going to forgive you. So I don't mean that I'm not going to instantly forgive you. I mean that I'm not going to hold on to it. And the justice part is that there are consequences to our choices. And this is good and bad, right? And so while I was looking at this, it just stood out to me so much that first of all, we have to have rules and boundaries within our family. Then we need to have natural consequences to those choices. So if you have so many rules and laws, that your kids are like, I don't even know, can I breathe right without getting in trouble? Can I do this without getting um, in a consequence? Then maybe you have too many rules and laws and boundaries in your home and you need to ease up a little bit. And I love the, from also from Joseph Smith, but teach them correct principles and allow them to govern themselves. So some of those natural consequences will just happen naturally because you are allowing them to govern themselves within your laws and your boundaries, but there are not too many, right? If this mill makes sense. And then when your child is like afterwards, that mercy part to me is like, I love you no matter what. And the justice part is like, but there are still consequences to your choices. And I'm going to help you as you are on your path. So this is what just really, really stood out to me this last week as I've been studying the scriptures of like, yes, we need to have rules and boundaries and laws within our home. There are consequences to breaking those rules and laws. The mercy is me saying, I love you no matter what. And justice is enforcing those consequences, right? Because if there is no, um, they use the word punishment, but the word or consequences, then what would be the point of not doing those things? So looking at where you are with your parenting, are you in a place where there are so many rules, laws, and boundaries that you can't even breathe right? Um, your children feel like they can't even breathe right because there are just so many rules and laws. Or are you a place where there are no rules and laws and your children do whatever you want? So it's interesting because both of them um, a lot of times create chaos because the ones that are so strict, you're either going to create these big, huge people pleasers or you're going to create a rebel 
right? And when there are no rules and laws, we create these little tyrants who think the whole world revolves around them and they can do whatever it is they want because there are no consequences to their choices. So just bringing it right, right back to checking into your home and saying, do we have just laws, boundaries in our home? Um, are there consequences to our choices? Now, the consequences could even be something, I mean, it doesn't have to be dreadful and awful. So like one of our ones we have in our house is like, if it is your turn for dinner and you choose not to cook it, you don't have to, um, but you will be, you will have to figure out something for dinner. So even if you're making sandwiches or putting out cereal or something like that, that's fine. But a lot of times it's like, you have to go buy dinner. If like all the food was there, everything was provided for you and you just chose not to, then you're taking the family out to dinner. And some of my kids are finally fine with that because they're like, sweet, we get to go out and they're okay paying that bill. But it's just a consequence like, okay, you don't have to make dinner, but this is the consequence. It's, and some of my kids are like, that's fine. I'm totally okay with that consequence, right? But then having the mercy with our children of, I love you no matter what, but I still need to um, enforce the consequence. Or, I mean, you really, on those those consequence pieces, you think that back with the same analogy with a police officer, you don't always get a ticket, right? Sometimes they're like, okay, I see that you were speeding. I see that this was going, I mean, I see that you had an emergency. I see like there's a whole big picture here. Um, I'm not going to give you a ticket, but a warning. And so sometimes that's part of that mercy piece as well of knowing like what was going on, asking questions, all those types of things. So checking in with your family and um, seeing if these things resonate with you and checking in and just saying, okay, yes, I love our just laws, bringing this into family meeting and saying, are we on the right track? Do we have too many harsh punishments? Um, do we have no consequences to our choices? And just really looking at your family and doing all those things. All right, friends, love you so much. See you in the next video, in the next podcast. <laughs>Are you ready to take the concepts learned on this podcast to the next level? Then I invite you to join Mama's Members, a place where I will help you succeed in your family and homeschool beyond what you thought was possible. You will have access to hours of content, a place to ask questions, and weekly coaching calls to help you be the amazing homeschool mom you are called to be. To sign up, go to www.coachmegthomas.com join. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you.